you are listening to. No, that isn't me, and it sure isn't you, and I'll be helping you to step into who you are. So let's start that again. Welcome to Beyond the Brand with me, Carly. This podcast is all about inspiring you to align with your brand and your business to attract who you want to. We'll also be delving deeper into how you show up, especially if, like me, you're a little bit neuro-spicy, or as I call it, neuro-amazing, because that is what we are. We'll be looking at what can stop you from showing up as you, with brilliant guests every two weeks, who will be helping me talk all of this through too. You might want to grab a journal or a notebook for all the inspiration, top tips, and just chances to reflect that you're about to hear. So let's get on with this week's episode and help take you beyond the brand. Enjoy. Hey everyone, welcome to this week's episode and oh this is just such a brilliant interview, something completely different that I think you're absolutely going to love. It was so insightful, it was so mind-blowing and it might be something you're aware of, it might not. So first of all, let me introduce who it is with, I'm going off on one. The interview itself is with Amy Williams who is a cyclical living coach. I struggled saying that word, I can say it now, cyclical. She describes what she does as empowering women to live authentically to their sole purpose through living in synchronicity with phases of the moon, loving this already, or through deep connection with the phases of their menstrual cycle. And as you can probably pick up, this was a bit woo, which I love, (laughs) very intuitive, very spiritual, all about energy and the different stages of energy within different stages of these cycles. I loved this so much. I learned so much from it. And since this chat, which was actually way back in December in 2020. This is now June, so it's been quite a while to release this one in line with my new podcast. And yeah, it's something I've really started to tune in with. And you see what you think, have a listen and just see if this resonates with you. Different energies, different ways we show up and how much being in tune with your cycles, whether it is the moon or your menstrual cycle, can actually really affect the way you show up when it comes to launching, when it comes to posting content and be visible. Anyway, I won't go too much about that. I will hand this across to Amy, who talks you through exactly this. Such a great chat. Please do check out Amy's links in the show notes below. It might be just something that you are ready to tap into. I think you're going to love this one. Enjoy. Welcome to another episode. And today I have the wonderful Amy Williams and I say every week, I'm excited to chat about this, but this is one of those conversations that I think is just going to be absolutely fascinating. It's something I've heard of before, but haven't really touched on. So to chat about this and explore it in full is just going to be brilliant. And I can imagine it be a bit mind blowing. But first of all, let me say, yeah, hi. Sorry, I'm forgetting that to say hi. Hi, hi, Amy. How are you? Hi, I'm fine. Thank you, Carly. I do that. I, I go up from one and uh, forget to actually introduce my guests, which is not good. So yeah, let's chat about what you do. I was just talking to you before we, we hit record because it's quite a mouthful, isn't it? So first of all, let's, let, let me hand that across to you and just say quickly what you do and what it's all about. So I do two things really. So I'm a cyclical living coach. I can't even say it myself, Carly. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Um, and that means that I coach women to live in synchronicity with the phases of the moon or with mm. their menstrual cycle. And then I'm also a period and fertility coach. And so I work with women or couples to improve their menstrual health or to improve their chance of a happy outcome. 
Love it. Yeah, this is so obviously the first bit that I couldn't even, I, I definitely didn't want to attempt announcing that. So I think I, yeah, I handed that across to you then because I was like, nope, I'm going to bail out of this, trying to pronounce <laughs> it. It's a cyclical. Uh, that's the word I couldn't say. Yeah, it, it absolutely fascinates me. And it always comes across, and I'm going to ask this as probably my first question, actually, before we go into your journey to get to where you are. It's quite woo, isn't it? Or it's probably not very woo. It's probably more scientific. Yeah, I mean, talk me through that. Do, do people tend to think it's a bit woo when you say this to them? It is woo, Carly. That's oh, what it is. It is. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Oh, I, lo- I love woo. So, yeah, I couldn't work out there. I'm thinking, is it woo? <laughs> it is woo, yeah, completely woo. Absolutely. So, yeah, um, there's nothing particularly scientific about it unless you went into the whole quantum physics, energy transfer and sort of thing. It is completely about woo stuff. <laughs> I mean, well, there is an element about how hormones make us feel throughout each part of our cycle, but certainly in terms of the moon, there's none of that even. So yeah, going down the woo route there. Oh, I love it. I absolutely love woo. I didn't used to. I was probably one of those who probably was more sort of scientific. I want to see the the facts but no no the evidence that's the word I was looking for but yeah I've totally gone down the woo route and I just love it so let's chat about this very shortly but first of all let's chat about it. there's always something to start with when I speak to a guest and it's their journey because I always feel like there's a story and a journey behind how you've arrived to where you are now so let's talk about that because this is such a you know I talk a lot about message and niche and I'm going to say the niche word there because it's such a defined niche Let's see your journey of where you were and what brought you to this amazing, fascinating niche. So people always assume that I must have had a story of either infertility or having menstrual health issues, but actually neither are the case. So my journey is one from other people's experiences and my desire to empower people. So I used to be a primary school teacher. That's what I used to do. Oh, right. I had my own children. Yeah. So, um, and no, lockdown homeschooling is not easy if you were a primary school teacher. Yeah, I was just thinking that. And I thought, I'm not going to ask that. <laughs> so, yeah, I used to be a primary school teacher. So I've always wanted to work with people to help support their learning and development. And I used to work in early years, which is all about the individual person and helping them to grow as a whole person rather than just about maths or literacy. And but then when I had my children, I knew I wanted to change direction and I wanted to take ownership of my time and not have a boss and all that. Yeah. So I requalified as a holistic therapist. And my primary um, thing that I do is clinical reflexology in that and it was through that that I got into menstrual and reproductive health I never went with the intention of that but all my clients were coming and I was doing these quite thorough medical histories with them and I'd ask questions about their menstrual cycle or menstrual history and people just kept saying that they were normal and I didn't really understand what that meant so I started asking them what that meant and then I realized no one knows what that means (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I need to learn a bit more about this. So I did it at the kind of the medical side of things. And I, I took CPD courses and training um, in that and in the fertility stuff. But I have a background in my family of spiritualists. And so I have a very spiritual background. And I felt that side of myself wasn't being expressed. So I started to look around the more holistic side of things, the more spiritual side of things. And I discovered cyclical living. I have to say, the first time I read a book that had mentioned cyclical living a few years before, I completely dismissed it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I 
Who are these weirdos? <laughs> Synchronicity or the phase of the menstrual cycle or whatever. It was just, well, I wasn't ready for it. Mm. Came back to it and it was like this huge light bulb and it just sung to me. And it, because it's all about those things coming together, it's about women understanding their own bodies and being in connection with their bodies in a physical and a spiritual and an emotional way. And it's about giving people a mechanism by which they can be empowered um, to take ownership of their lives. So for me, that was like literally everything I wanted to do in one big nutshell. So that's wow. where I am today. Wow, I love that. And you know, it just goes through, doesn't it? It's possible, it doesn't always have to be direct, a direct story as such, but you've still got that passion and purpose there that's brought you to that part. And something I picked up on there is about you saying that you weren't quite ready for it. Do you get that a lot where people are maybe a little bit intrigued or just not ready for it just yet? Do you feel like you have to be ready to embrace the, you said weirdness before actually, let's say wooness. <laughs> but I like let's, we like. Yeah, well I don't think it's weird but I can imagine other people thinking that to start with and just like you said about feeling ready. So yeah, do you get that a lot and how do you work around that? I think it's true of anything in life. I think, you know, there's things that we could have done earlier, but probably wasn't the right time for us. And it can be true of, you know, if you're running a business that, you know, I run, I run actually three businesses and um, there's things that I do now in my business that I would never have done a few years ago, even things like Facebook lives. There was a point where I became ready to start doing Facebook lives or interviews with people like you. Yes. And there's a point when I wasn't ready and it's, about my growth and development and where I've got to and things that I've overcome in my own like mental blocks about stuff. You know, we've all got these things like money mindset and all that business. We've all got things that we have as blocks and things that we're not ready for, or things that are just not us. And that's okay. If we're all the same, it would be so boring. <laughs> so, you know, I don't know about you, but I don't force people to be clients. And if they don't want to do that, that's okay. You know, my my ideal client is someone who wants to explore the side of themselves. And it might be that they've never really gone there before, which is probably the most exciting thing because you're opening their eyes to something completely new. And then you have other people who come, they've already experimented with this in their own time. They just want to go deeper. So you have different people. But at the end of the day, if they don't want to do it, that's fine. <laughs> That's yeah. Right. yeah, and you're that's you're so on my wavelength there because this is what it's about. So this this conversation today, it's very much about niche, but I do want to explore the energy side of it as well. And this when we connected, I was just like, Yeah, I hundred percent want to have this conversation. Because like I say, being so clear on that niche, it is about exactly what you said. It's knowing who wants to work with you, knowing who doesn't, and being okay with that, isn't it? That if yeah. they're not for you, they're not for you. <laughs> I'd love it if every woman wanted to do this because I've seen the results you can get out of it. Um, but it's not for everybody and it's not everyone's journey. And that's okay because they'll have a different path and they'll have a different route to something else. And not everything's for me either. So if, you know, if I'm kind of thinking, well, everyone should do this. Why don't they get it? Well, I don't get lots of other stuff. Other stuff's not for me. So yeah. I'm never going to run a marathon, for example. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> Me neither. My husband has. And I, I did actually sign up to the Great North Run. was meant to do it last year, but COVID, yeah. And uh, I'm signed up to it this year. But yeah, marathon is not for me. And like I say, it's knowing that, isn't it? It's knowing your whether it comes to your brand or your business or your niche. It's knowing and accepting it. But let's, let's rewind a little bit here. And I want to chat about actually what it is you're all about now. Because I'm just so fascinated by this I keep saying this word but you know you talk about empowering women to 
I suppose find their sole purpose, isn't it? And this can be done by through what you through what you do, and through these things that, like I say, might be considered a bit woo. That's going to rhyme. Yeah, like, talk me through it because I'm all about people showing up authentically. You know, and what you're doing, I guess, you're showing that there might be a reason why they don't show up a certain way or certain phases that are going to work better for them. That's why I thought, yeah, let's chat about this because it's not just as straightforward as show up and be the real you because there might be other factors at play. So, yeah, tell me all about it. So cyclical living and menstrual cycle, um, so menstrual cycle and moon cycle living, both of them are mechanisms by which you can explore your life. So it's a form of life coaching. You could do life coaching that doesn't have this part of it and you can get just the same results. It's just a mechanism by which you can do it. And what's useful is also a mechanism by which you can carry on doing it yourself once you've learned the skills. Ah. So your cycle... They're kind of similar, they're not the same. So if we started, say, with a menstrual cycle, it's four phases. The first phase being your bleed. Second phase being your follicular phase, where you're building that egg, as it were. The third phase is your ovulation phase. So it's a few days around your ovulation. And the fourth phase is the premenstrual. And each of those quarters has a different energy quality to it and your body physically is quite different and your strengths and weaknesses at each phase are quite different so for example in the bleed you would be wanting to be much more still and probably more alone or with any certain select people you probably want lots of rest time um, and you wouldn't want to be doing something like a launch or public speaking or something like that um, whereas on the flip side of that ovulation you're much more um you've got much better sense of your own body image uh you feel sexier and more empowered you uh, probably much better time to go and do some public speaking or do a launch so completely different energy vibes about the two things physically and emotionally as well so in that regard you can kind of schedule your life a little bit around your cycle and that's just about being conscious and connected to your body listening to what it needs and what it doesn't need and playing to that and saying okay actually this week's not a good week for that if I put that to next week I'll get a lot more productivity out of myself and I'll be able to get much more done or I'll just be much more successful in that task or this week here is really optimal for that because I know I'm going to be on form for that sort of thing. And so each of those four has positives and negatives. And it's about pulling into that and saying, okay, I can sort of move stuff around in my schedule if possible. Sometimes we can't. You know, when I was a primary school teacher, <laughs> I was teaching every day. There was, there was no yeah. like, stop the teaching. <laughs> everyone at nap time. You know, they're even around the stuff that's kind of set in our agenda. We can give ourselves perhaps more time to rest or whatever else. So there's that kind of functional way of looking at it. And then you have this kind of um, personal development cycle within that. So the menstrual time, the time when you're bleeding, as I said, it's a rest time, time to be more still and quiet, which in our modern world, we tend to try and pretend isn't the case. And we just yeah. kind of hurtle through and take loads of ibuprofen and hope for the best. Yeah. And then wonder why we crash and why we can't keep up and why we're in tears on the floor. Yeah, eating chocolate. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, always chocolate. There's room for chocolate in every situation. In yeah, there is actually. <laughs> <laughs> but if we are still and if we are able to give ourselves that space, on a woo level, as you like to say woo. Let's go for um, woo. 
<laughs> we're giving ourselves space to stop being distracted. So what we're doing when we're busy is we're distracting ourselves because if we get in that busy, busy kind of mindset, then we don't actually have to think about important stuff. We can distract ourselves from the grief that we might hold inside ourselves, some anger, some um, issues to do with actually not having something fulfilled in our lives because we're so busy, 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 we can't think about it. And then we have to think about it. We have to approach it and we have to confront these things. And when we go quiet and still, we have space to actually actively work on our healing as well. So we can work on the issues and we can get intuitive messages and um, messages from within ourselves. Just, you know, when you have those sudden, how did I never realize this before moments? Or when you get this almost like a dropped in thought, you know the answer to a question that you've yes. kind of been skirting around. That only happens when you stop. When you go still, usually, you know, people say it happens just as they're falling asleep. That will kind of come to them. It's because you've stopped. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Those things happen then. And then having kind of reestablished what we're about, made us some decisions, cleared some old baggage, we can start the rest of the cycle with new purpose and new intention. And we go into the next phase of the cycle going, right, okay, this is what I'm going to do. Have some clarity, some real sense of purpose, start making some goals and start working towards actually sorting out whatever came during the bleed. And then, you know, in that middle of the cycle, ovulation time, I said, that's when you're full of energy and you can get loads of stuff done. And then that premenstruum, we all know the premenstruum is about boundaries <laughs> yes now, stuff that comes up and you know the, the straw that broke the camel's back all of that you know it's an emotional time but actually in a healthy cycle it's not actually emotional time a really healthy cycle it should be just kind of steady and fine so if loads of stuff's coming up maybe there's stuff that needs dealing with and we need to pay attention. So maybe your other half is pissing you off during that <laughs> part of your cycle. Maybe he's not the issue, but maybe the issue is that you need to have a bit more space around that time of your cycle, or just generally, maybe you're not getting enough me time, or maybe you've, your energy is really low. So maybe you need to think about how you plan your life so you don't use up all your energy reserves. So you can start to kind of take these as messages and decode them to figure out, well, okay, what's lacking or what's too much? Where does something need shifting and changing in my life? And then go back into the bleed again as the next cycle with those questions in your mind, ready to receive the answers. So you can use it as literally every month, a question and answer session with yourself. I love it. Can I go, right, what's going on? Okay, what what needs healing? What needs sorting out? What needs figuring out? Okay, what am I going to do about it? You know, it's not just going, oh, that's crap. It's going, okay, so what's going to happen? How am I going to resolve this? And just going each cycle round and figuring it out each time so it doesn't build up to something that's 20 years, you've still not figured it out. You're just doing it every month, ticking it over, reestablishing your boundaries, healing stuff from the past that you can move forward um the moon's a bit different it's not quite it's it's sort of similar um it's still the cyclical thing it's still the similar length similar length of time everyone's menstrual cycle is different but similar length of time and it is this uh kind of plan do review sort of mechanism (laughs) just like on the the menstrual cycle um but it's more about 
in the new moon you kind of manifest things so you put out affirmations and your big intentions for the world and then you proactively work on them and then you figure out what's not going so well and what's going well and redesign your affirmations and your direction and, and then kind of do that review bit where you kind of at the end kind of go yeah okay this is where we've got to what's the next step so the moon one is a bit more your role outside of yourself like your bigger stuff you know wanting that house or the car or the new job whereas the menstrual cycle one makes you go much deeper inwards yeah it's much more about personal reflection and going into your own kind of shadow side kind of really working through some some history as well so two layers there I suppose wow yeah as I'm listening it's those two com- combined sound quite powerful they could literally help you say so, you know talk about business but your business and life if you were to live by those cycles I guess anything would just I don't want to use the word flow really when we're talking about this <laughs> But you know what I mean? I know what you mean. <laughs> yeah, it does feel that your energy, shall we say, would flow much more smoothly. Do you think? That, do you find that, that as women especially, this is what came up for me as I was listening. It, it sounds very much, it is obviously a woman's thing that we're talking about. It's a very taboo subject. But in, not a man's world, I don't want to say that, but in a very equal world, we just kind of plough on, don't we? And we want to do as much as, you know, very much equality, as much as a man can do. We want to just carry on and not let these things affect us. Do you find that as a bit of an objection when you get into this? Or I suppose because people coming to you that are open, but do some people resist it a little bit? Especially that part when you say about resting, because we feel like we should be able to do that. We should be able to do it regardless. What's funny is actually men don't have a cycle. Like all everyone, every single person has a moon cycle. Everyone does. You know, you, I would say your cat does. Like literally, like <laughs> kids it. do. Pay attention to your kids. I know when I was a primary school teacher, you used to be like, "Is it full moon?" And it would be. Ah. You know, um, you'd know. Um, <laughs> so literally, everybody has that moon cycle thing. So they do have a cycle, but it's much more subtle. And it is more about them interacting and facing with the outside world rather than their own inner selves. We do have this menstrual cycle. It seems stupid in my head to ignore the fact that we have different bodies. We just do. Our bodies just function differently. That doesn't mean it's worse. That doesn't mean that men are better than us or can perform better than us. We just need to play to our strengths. So as I said, each part of that cycle has a strength as much as a weakness. So it's about identifying where your strengths lie at that point. So if you have a bleed, great, because you get all this time for intuitive messages and this time to kind of go quiet and get those answers for things that you've really been too busy to deal with, whereas men don't get that time. Um, So and then again, in your ovulation phase, that flip side of it, you have this like powerful force of amazing, potent energy that you can (laughs) tap into that would have just been leveled out and and kind of plain and boring if you're a man. (laughs) I get why people, when they hear about it, get kind of funny about it because it feels non-feminist. But actually, I would say it's the ultimate feminist step because what it's saying is we'll embrace our femininity Mm. and the fact we're female and use that as a mechanism by which we'll power forward. So we're not saying, oh, woe is me, I'm female, therefore I can't do anything. We're saying, because I'm female, I have this strength, I have that strength, I have this skill, and I can use it. And historically, um, I hate generalising about cultures and tribes and stuff, because 
I did anthropology at university, so to me that's horrendous. That's not going to do that. But um, for want of not remembering tribes' names <laughs> in history, um, in Native American history, obviously Native American tribes and cultures were very different from each other, really. But there were many who full on went with this, and they had these what they call moon tents where women would retreat to to bleed. But on purpose, they went to bleed to connect to source or spirit, whatever you want to call it, to get messages, not just for themselves, but for the whole community. Wow. So then they saw it as an opportunity for the whole community to benefit from the fact that that woman was menstruating. And whatever she came out of the tent with, that was honoured. You know, that was seen as really important. And her value was strengthened as a member of the community by the fact that she bled. Wow. So. It's how we see bleeding. We see it as, like you said, taboo. Why is it taboo? We spend more time talking about diarrhea in our culture than we do about <laughs> Yes. <laughs> Any conversation between mums and a coffee shop will be about content of nappies, <laughs> but we don't talk about something that happens in our bodies and is meant to. It's not a thing that's not meant to happen, so we should be embracing it. Yeah. Oh, 100%. You are, as you're saying all this, I'm feeling really empowered myself because I do think it's easy to kind of think, oh, it's, it's taboo and we shouldn't really talk about it. Maybe that is tapping into a male mindset possibly that, but yeah, I'm, I'm feminist and I just love that, that flip on it there that, yeah, this is actually empowering us, isn't it? This is taking that power back from something that we maybe in the past and people maybe still think of it as, Ooh, it's a bit it's a bit dirty it's a bit and I just hate all that but I just love what you're doing because you are just giving that power back aren't you well if you think about it say if you're someone who had really heavy painful bleeds if you ignore that all the time and you're not allowed to talk about it and you're not allowed to be flexible with your life around it and then you're having to go into work and try and perform and function and pretend that everything's okay at that time where you might, you know, be having accidents in your chair or you'll have to go to the toilet every hour, whatever else, then your productivity is not going to be what it could be. But if you were allowed, like now, where you've got lockdown, women in that situation can work from home and they can be in their own environment where they're not having to worry about being embarrassed, they're not having to wear clothes that don't really lend themselves at that time of year, whatever else, and, and you can nip to the loo whenever you want to without embarrassment. Your productivity is going to be so much better because you're able to just get on with it. And yeah, that doesn't work for every job. You can't do that if you're like an A&E nurse or whatever. <laughs> but let's, you know, hope that perhaps with this lockdown, with women being able to, uh, all of us being able to choose how we work a bit more flexibly, that perhaps women might be able to make some of these sort of choices. And actually, as employees, they're going to have better outcomes. So yeah, if we just keep pretending all the time that it's normal to, you know, suffer or struggle or, um, you know, just kind of not being able to say, even to your female boss, I'm having a really hard few days. Um, I'm going to take a few days, but I'm just going to work from home. I'm not going to not work because that's also the other thing. People take time off because yeah. they, they can't say, oh, can I work from home? So they'll take the whole time off and then they don't do anything. So, yeah, it just changes the way that perhaps we can view how we um, treat menstruation in the workplace as well. Yeah, I think so. So let's go to the ovulation stage where you say you've got more energy, you are more on fire, I guess. And I love that idea that actually, let's say within your brand, within your business, you can start to plan launches around that. How would that do, so I'm going off a totally different route here, but how would that work if you weren't so regular? Is there a way of still, I'm sure there is. Yeah, so I mean, 
not every woman has a regular cycle. Not every woman has a natural cycle. So you might be on the pill or coil or whatever else. Um, and there's obviously loads of people who don't bleed at all. So it might be that they um, on some sort of, I don't know, say um, Solidex or Tamoxifen that puts them into um, a menopausal state. Maybe they're postmenopausal, maybe they're perimenopausal and it's all over the place. You know, all sorts of stuff. Maybe you're pregnant and <laughs> definitely not having a cycle. So in that regard, if you've got a really, really irregular cycle, say, for example, you only bleed once in every three months or something like that, then I would be thinking just don't even really go with the menstrual cycle. Go with the moon. Ah. If you've got a slightly irregular cycle. So if we're talking about somebody who perhaps um, maybe one month you'll bleed 23 days and then the next month you'll bleed after 35 days and then, you know, the next month, who, who, who knows? You know, it's always a guessing game. Actually working like this can mean that you can identify within your body when you might be about to bleed because you're much more tapped into and tuned into how you are at different points in your cycle. Ooh. So you can be like, oh, that's weird. I'm normally like that when I've about three or four days before. You can start to find patterns. And they're unique and individual to every person. But then it means that you can start getting clues. You can kind of go, okay, that's interesting. I'm normally like this when I'm ovulating. I must be ovulating. If I'm ovulating, I know I'll get a bleed within the next two weeks because biologically that, you know, 16 days post-ovulation is the maximum for a bleed. So... I know I'm going to bleed in the next couple of weeks. I don't know when yet, but I know that. And then a few days later, you might think, okay, I can kind of feel I'm going into the premenstrual now. I kind of feel that energy shift. And then maybe a week later, you can be like, oh, I am going to bleed in the next two days. I know that for sure because, and there's this list of reasons and it's individual for that person, but you'll know your body. Um, and I find the more I do this, the more I kind of almost don't even need to look at an app or something. I just know. <laughs> I know what's going on. Yeah. And it does get shifted by other stuff. You know, if you got ill, like you had a cold or something that's going to throw you off listening to your body's patterns, or if you had a few late nights and a few tequilas or something, that's going to affect you. Um, so I wouldn't depend on it entirely. But yeah, generally, you can kind of really tune into that body. Uh, messages, messages, your energy levels, um, your physical symptoms on your body, your mood, um, how much you're into certain activities against other activities, because there's times in the month where you'd be more creative and times you'd be much more into just having a good read of a book and not interested in television or whatever. So you'll start to notice those patterns, yeah. That, yeah, that could explain a lot, couldn't it? Because I think you do question yourself as a woman, don't you? You don't really know where you don't really ever know where you are in your cycle, or if you do, you know. I mean, maybe hormonally, we are very up and down. You know, we get a bit, a bit of a bad rap for this, but this sounds to me, it's just so much more gentle on yourself, isn't it? It sounds like sort of that strength and that empowerment that you said about. It. But actually, we're being really compassionate here as well, aren't we? That giving it a bit of a re reason about why we feel and act a certain way would you say that is really empowering in itself because if you're having one of these days where you burst into tears every five minutes and snap at people you can start thinking something wrong with you you can yeah. start thinking okay I'm just I need to go to see a doctor because this is ridiculous and then but if you realize okay actually on day 25 of my cycle I always do this and this is something about my cycle 
you can start a preparing for that because you can be like right that's on the 5th of may i'm not doing anything on the 5th of may don't come near me or you can be like okay i'm going to forgive myself because i know what's going on here you can identify it as it happens and that in itself means you get more control back because yeah. like, oh, okay hang on whoa step back from myself this is about this it's not about what they just did it's about the fact i'm on day 25 of my cycle okay take a few breaths <laughs> yes. you know, change the whole way you even engage with people because you're taking that ownership of that back yeah that, so these very linked to you know chatting more about this to me it's kind of coming across you know i talk about like mindset and alignment but actually it could be something i say as simple as this it's not simple obviously it's quite deep but it could be that couldn't it it's not always you know sometimes i do that sometimes where i'm thinking i'm quite a positive mindset i like positive mindset but some days you just can't shift it and this could be something completely different yeah and sometimes it this is why you know you can learn this yourself you can go and read some books and learn this yourself so why working with a coach works quite well because you're able to dig that layer deeper as to why that would be so as much as you can identify all this it's then what you do with it yeah okay, so okay you feel that way on that day how can we fix that by working on some things in your life and yourself to go deeper and heal something that's an issue there because it shouldn't be an issue okay so it shouldn't be that we just go oh i'm female therefore i have a bad week you know no actually you're female therefore you should have just the same as anyone else you know it should be that life's up and down but it shouldn't be you always have a bad week that week something's going on there that we need to deal with and it can be on that very physical level of supporting hormones through nutrition it could be very much a more spiritual and emotional thing, something that you need to resolve from childhood trauma or from your relationship, or perhaps there's something unfulfilled in your life that you need to explore. So it's uncovering and unpicking all those things. And sometimes women's cycles don't follow the supposed pattern of these energy levels and stuff. But that is always so interesting because usually we can flip that back again with the work that we do. And it's usually about, okay, that's weird that you feel that way at that point in the cycle because you expect at that point in the cycle. So let's discover what's going on there because each part of the cycle has certain things about it that you'd expect those properties to come forward. So if they're not coming forward, there's a reason. So, for example, we said about ovulation, lots of energy, feeling sexy, all that kind of good body image and everything else. Well, if that's not how you are in ovulation, maybe it's to do with the way that you relate to yourself as a, as a woman in that kind of sexual way, your identity of yourself as a sexual creature, and all of that can be explored yourself um, within relationships, um, because actually part of that is about this um, kind of primordial drive to, to procreate, even if you don't want children. Um, and so if you don't feel like you're in a position where you feel comfortable to perhaps have a child even if you didn't want a child actually on that thought level maybe you don't feel your environment's safe or maybe you don't feel safe emotionally in that situation so there's lots of things that you can kind of explore and examine and then see what you can do to heal that wow so this you know we're talking about depth here this is going deeper and deeper and actually so much could be uncovered do you do you prompt people i'm just thinking any sort of actionable tips can give people listening do you get people to journal or is it just a case of probably it's better to come to a coach but could journaling words start to get in sync with this with what's going on yeah there's layers you can go if you're just interested to kind of play with it a bit and just get a, you know, a little bit more of an insight into yourself 
the best thing you can do is to start journaling for sure just to make a note of what day of your cycle you're on the first day of your bleed is your first day of your cycle people often think your first day of your cycles when you've stopped bleeding it's not it's the first day of your bleed yes and it's the first day of a proper bleed so not spotting beforehand it's when you when you know that it's definitely arrived let's put it that way yeah. <laughs> Um, so that's the first day go from then to start on a new cycle to start from the beginning and literally just write day one yeah how you feel and you can focus on different things so for one person something might be much more relevant to another person so if you're for example you struggle with your body weight and you struggle with um you know maybe all your intentions are to eat well but there's certain times in the month that you know that you you stumble then you could also you know maybe even journal things like that whereas for someone else that's not relevant but you would perhaps journal your energy your mood productivity clarity perhaps clarity of your thoughts and and your thinking you know things that are relevant to you and start to see the patterns and I would definitely do that for at least three months before you really try and make sense of it all so it can end up with a lot. I personally don't think you need to journal like you would like kind of Anne Frank style. You can literally just write a few words. You could get one of those like week to view diaries yeah. and just write a few bullet points for each day um, just on the things that you're interested in and then just see when these things happen. Because sometimes even with like physical symptoms, people think, oh, I always have really sore boobs for ages before I get I have my bleed and when they look at it they go actually do you know what it's only three days I always thought it was more you know people think things differently to the actual experience and so it's worth kind of identifying the patterns that are there and then also sometimes triggers as well so if you've got something else going on you'd probably journal that too like if you had a cold or if you had a launch or if you um were having a row with your husband maybe write that down as well (laughs) just to see how you respond to these things yeah you can start to see a pattern going on yeah because easy chatting there I was just thinking as well maybe what we're even told we should expect sometimes whether it's from advertisers or media or just you know like what we believe about things because I always think you know like if I know it's time of the month I might think oh I need chocolate and you know is that a, it probably is a physical need but it's funny what we tell ourselves as well so that's what I'm liking as you're chatting there it's actually getting real with it isn't it not just going with what we expect to feel like at every stage it will just mean as well that you'll be able to focus in on what's important and and you know you'll know your strengths as well so you'll it's not just negative it's saying okay what's working really well when are the times that are really good because we do focus on the negative you know we can say oh well you know I have oh it's horrible when I'm having a period I just feel really low energy okay so that's like three to five days what about the rest of the month yes so what are you doing the rest of it you know don't necessarily have to um be doom and gloom about everything you know what's going well too <laughs> yeah and like you say it's even, even during that site that even during that bleed there's so much positive that you've opened my eyes up to there that actually it's not all negative yes it might not feel great at the time but as you say that's that quite a calm reflective moment so that's, that's definitely something i'm gonna take from this is actually it's yeah it's a lot more positive than you might think it is but with someone listening going well you know i have endometriosis love uh for three three to six days or more of a month i am crippled on the floor what the hell are you talking about and i completely take that and run with it yeah this doesn't fully work for everyone's physical situation 
but they're extremes. For most women, this will work. And even if you have cramps to some extent, how about we see that as an opportunity to rest? How about we say, not my body needs a rest because it's in pain. And if I was in pain like this somewhere else in my body, I would not be going to work or I would not be running the kids to swimming lessons or I would not be standing at the cooker cooking a meal for an hour. I'll go and sit on the sofa instead and someone else can do it. And redefine our boundaries at time and say, okay, someone else can do that because I need to rest. Or just even if you can't avoid it, you still have to go to work, whatever else that around that time that you say okay but then when I get home I'm going to do this or um that you go to bed early or whatever else so it's about taking ownership of that time and say this is something my body needs my body is going through a lot it is clearing out loads of junk stuff it doesn't need it's not just blood it's tissue it's hormones it's all sorts of stuff I maybe you have issues with your bowel at that time maybe you have need to go to the toilet every hour because you you know you're changing your tampon or whatever maybe you have shivers or you just want to curl up and fall if you felt like that any other time of the month you would be saying okay I'm not going out tonight or you would just be totally unapologetic about whatever you need but we pretend that we don't bleed and we pretend that we don't go through these things yeah makes sense it doesn't make sense at all and I think that is changing and I think as a culture we are becoming much more mindful aware and open to the idea that actually women menstruate as if it's brand new yes (laughs) is that what (laughs) there's a long way to go for sure (laughs) yeah definitely but I just love this idea of let's say put positive spin on it empowering girls and yeah even practicing self-care just being kind isn't it that yeah yeah this is us this is women and we are powerful creatures and this should not stop us from getting or stopping us i guess from whatever we want to achieve no and you know we think of menstrual cycles we think of bleeds but actually the menstrual cycle is the whole month so it's everything and it's every part of that and each part has strengths and each part has things that we need to kind of give it some compassion for so for example in your follicular phase after your bleed you can be quite fragile in that time because you're coming from this place of low energy and then re-emerging into the world and you can find yourself kind of pushing yourself too hard to try and compensate for the time you're in your bleed and you can run out of energy at that time so you need to be kind of like mindful there perhaps of just pacing yourself as you re-engage But on the other side of that, it's a great time for creativity, for um, experimenting with new ideas, for um, planning out new ideas as well. So kind of like, I don't say you're building a house, that'd be the time you'd be like, oh, and then I could have this and go on Pinterest. (laughs) (laughs) You know, that's a lovely time. And then you can start getting quotes in and things, but you wouldn't actually necessarily be like, actually doing the blueprint for the new new (laughs) architecture. Yeah. that would be the time where you'd be like playing around with it and having real fun with it. And then the, your ovulation time would be the time when you'd be like, okay, let's have a meeting with the architect then, you know, let's, let's get do on this. <laughs> and then do you know what? Then your premenstruum is brilliant for you then going, do we really need to spend that much money on those worktops? I mean, really, do we need to? <laughs> you know, uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, this is so productive, isn't it? In this sense, we could just use this for all our areas of our life to 
plan everything, couldn't we? And just get it in tune and aligned. Yeah, I mean, obviously not everything has <laughs> capacity for like over a month to plan it. But Yeah, true. <laughs> but if you are able to kind of do that, you know, if there is something you need to be more creative, the best time is just after you bleed, that first week after you bleed. If you, if you do need to be much more kind of critical, you know, have those critical eyes on something. Your premenstruum is the best time. You take no bullshit at that time. <laughs> no one's pulling any wool over your eyes. Who's going to be on it? I was thinking that could be a cruel time to yourself, but in a good, positive, constructive way. <laughs> yeah, it's about knowing how to use that. Use that energy for what you want rather than against yourself, you know? Yes. So, yeah, it can be used absolutely. It's really beneficial. Oh, I absolutely love it. And like, so this is going to get me definitely thinking about this and I'm going to start, yeah, being super aware. And I guess the message, I mean, I might use like you've summed this up, but the message that I've taken from this is just to empower yourself and own it, own your cycle, own your femininity. And yeah, it's, it's strength, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. It's what you do with it. Yes love that well thank you so much that has just been an amazing conversation which i knew it would be but putting it all together and we've taken it from that place of woo actually into really practical inspiring actionable tips they can take away as well so thank you so much that's all right thanks for having me carly thank you so much for listening today i really hope you've enjoyed that episode and got everything that you need from it don't forget to check out all of the other episodes depending on what it is that you need in your business and life at this moment in time. Don't forget to leave a glowing review and do check out the show notes for any free resources mentioned today. Plus, do come and connect with me on social media as well as my brilliant guests. Thanks again for listening. I'll catch you next time.